Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuyper Counseling. Through his professional work and his personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection to ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you have a question or a comment and you want to get in touch with Greg, you can call into the studio at 425 425- Three seven three five five two seven. You can also go to KuiperCounseling.com and there is a contact me page. And so you can reach out and ask a question or inquire more about his practice. So last week in review, it was about uh, kind of giving enough rope. <laughs> yeah. Cut and slag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, and we spent some time talking about um, Steve and Charlotte. We spent a lot more time catching up with them. Yeah, yeah. We've got we're going to get back with them today too, as as they learn about trying to cut each other some slack, so that they can get closer to understanding their illusions. Right. Okay, I am ready. I learn so much each week, thanks to Steve and Charlotte. Yes. and I'm always like all riled up at the end. I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, that's so. a tearjerker today. So. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> You've been warned people. We've been working with, with this couple, Charlotte and Steve and, and, and their discovery of their individual illusions, which, which they've each pieced together from the bandaging of, of emotional wounds from their past. And over time, these illusions have developed into unconscious patterns of behavior. Right? They're autopilots, we've called it. These autopilots come fully equipped with instant reactions of behavior and word in response to external triggers. So one partner's instant reaction triggers the other's instant reaction, and it's off to the races, right? The critical loop we've talked about, criticism, defensiveness, withdrawal, setting the stage for the grand illusion, which is just existence together with little or no emotional connection. We've seen that diffusing the volatility of this critical loop by recognizing the reactive behavior and word and discovering the triggers is the crucial first step. When we carry this awareness of reactions to triggers forward on a continuing basis, we are able to move our focus of attention to each individual illusion, and then, of course, the bandages and the emotional wounds. So, most recently, we've seen that the complexity and the damage of the individual illusions, as well as the level of awareness, are key components in this healing of the emotional wounds. It's also important to note, I think, that this healing is on a continuum. Finding healing the wounds and connecting with the true self is never really over. It is a journey of discovering and learning, expanding our consciousness as we move through time in this physical existence. If we can only shift our thinking and awareness to knowing that these illusions we've created are opportunities to do just that, Our unconscious has presented these illusions to us for learning, 
as unpleasant as they are. Hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we don't like to hear that. No. Right? I mean, this, this bad stuff that's happening is here for a reason. Well, it's because we didn't deal with it earlier consciously. Right. Right. And so right. the unconscious is going, hey, here it is. Right? But all of this doesn't help the immediate situation at hand. Two people desperately trying to save a relationship that they've committed themselves to, and it's not in a good place right now. Last week we were talking about the ropes. One or the other may be at the end of this proverbial rope. Mm-hmm. How can they find more rope? Is there a way to securely splice another length to the end of this rope? Do they even want to? After years of just living together, they can't remember what emotional connection is like. With the discovery of each other's individual illusions and the subsequent work that is hopefully forthcoming it can become even more overwhelming to one or the other. This is the space where a renewal of commitment is crucial, right? So we're not talking about a vow renewal. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're talking about, like, we're <clears throat> going to agree to try. Or do we want to go on? Right. And we both got to decide we want to, right? And we've got to make an effort. And, and this requires both partners owning their own individual illusions and the work that must be done to, around these illusions. Working on awareness and finding the individual support that will help them. This isn't a passive effort. And this is a point where the whole process can fall apart, this realization. You know, I often find... One of the partners looking at the other's illusions and the perceived magnitude of work that this person is going to have to do, and then confirming to themselves that the difficulty in the relationship is the other's illusions. It's not me. Not realizing, of course, that this supposed confirmation is a very critical part of their own illusion. Naturally. Most of the time, this is a partner that believes they don't have any rope left. And that happens a lot. I, I, I see this in relationships with an anxiously attached partner and, and an avoidantly attached partner. The avoidant has never connected with emotions and has little to no idea what they even are. The anxious is so emotional that this amplifies the lack of emotion in the avoidant and gives the anxious the impression that it's all the avoidance fault. So all they need to do is feel some emotions. Right. So when you say that you see this um that like there's a partner that doesn't have any rope left in your experience is it typically the anxious or the avoidant? Hmm. Well the anxious, I guess. I mean it's hard to say. Right, but, but yeah, typically, as I'm looking at this, the anxious because they feel like they've given and given and given, and nothing's given back, and nothing's giving back, and nobody's listening, mm-hmm. nobody's listening, nobody's listening, and so it must be all their fault because I've tried everything, right, and they're still not listening. 
Interesting. It becomes like a reckoning of sorts. It does. So let me circle back around to this, this, you know, this crucial renewal of commitment that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Inherent in this commitment is both partners knowing, not just agreeing, but knowing that they must work on their individual illusions and wounds. In the process, finding connection with their true self, where lies unconditional love, compassion, kindness, and forgiveness. The magic answers to healing the emotional wounds. Also in this commitment, this renewal, is, is being able to cut the other people, cut the other partners some slack, right? The rope extensions. This requires trust. And trust probably is in short supply by this time, right? Letting the guard down and being vulnerable has not been an option of late in this relationship. Understandably so. Hopefully this has been softened as the partners discover each other's reactions and triggers and then realizing that their partner is not intentionally hurting them. This is subconscious patterns of behavior. It's a tough one for, for many. The hurt comes from the partner's triggered unconscious reactions. And this plays right into your own illusion and emotional wounds. What else do we need to start finding the vulnerability and trust? I would say witnessing our partner doing the work on their own illusions and wounds. They're showing us that they're serious. Now, this is, this is done without judgment as to progress or time. Just being aware of their consistent intent and doing. And for the time being, this has to be enough. Consistent intent and doing watching that, being aware of it. This isn't a competition. It's not a battle. Remembering all along that this is a journey, right? A lifelong process of expanding consciousness. This person is never going to be instantly fixed. They're never going to have the total answer to their illusion. They will learn for their whole life with their partner what the answer is. And it will evolve, right? Mm -hmm. It just evolves. This brings me to what I believe to be the most crucial part of this process of the relationship. Not having to do this work by yourself. Sure, you've got therapists and coaches, good friends, and self-help materials galore, right, everywhere. But the one thing you can tap into that is more helpful than all the rest is your partner and their healing and journey. And what I mean is that this isn't two people working on their own stuff by themselves, hoping to repair the relationship. This is two people working on their own stuff, yes, with their partner's help and support. And in the process, the relationship grows and evolves, and there is a we working on something together. 
So here we are. We circled all the way back around to the elusive emotional connection, the attunement, right? The reciprocal exchange of sensitivities and information and the vulnerability and trust it takes to have those exchanges. The added element we've discovered in our journey is the common purpose, the meaning-making that is happening. The attunement, this emotional connection, blossoms from embracing each other's work and journey in their healing process, making it part of your own. So this is where we are with Sharon Steve. This right? feels like an emotional trust fall, by the way. Emotional what? Trust fall. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. It's like you're you're just you gotta just like let it go and just trust that the other person is gonna have you. As yes. As long as you see consistent, you know, efforts and working and doing intent on their part. Right. right? I mean, that's definitely after the renewal of commitment. If you've decided to collectively commit to trying, then the only way through it is just to completely break it down and be vulnerable and just have that trust fall. So that's where we are with Char and Steve. All right. Good point. They are aware of each other's illusions, and they're working on the awareness of their triggers and reactions, right? Being conscious of that and noticing it as soon as they can. Steve is confused and doesn't know where to start with his illusion of stashing his emotions away. And Char is still very wary of opening up about her thoughts and feelings, as we saw at the end last week. So this week, they settled in together on the couch, and after a quick check-in where they revealed what Char called an uneventful week concerning conflict, I jumped right into where we had left off the week prior. Steve, last time you said that you knew that trust was a big trigger for Char, but that, now it was out in the open. You wanted to get by that after it was in the open, which, and that really triggered Char, right? Steve replied, oh yeah. I knew I was in over my head as soon as I said it. And then I tried to fix it, and I, and I just made it worse. Yes, I think you said something about establishing trust needs. When you do that, it needs a demonstration that you're serious. And Char reminded you that it was more than a demonstration, but witnessing a continuous behavior. Steve nodded in agreement. I had a feeling he didn't want to say any more for risk of further triggering Char. <laughs> He's not a dumb man. No. <laughs> Just an avoided one. <laughs> I turned to Char. What did you experience in your body and mind when he said a demonstration that he is serious? Because you got triggered. She thought for a bit and then said, there was an instant tightness in my chest. And like a rush of blood to my head. My thoughts were something like, here we go again. Like a panicky feeling? Fear? I asked. She nodded yes. I could tell she was uncomfortable. Are you feeling it again right now? She nodded yes again. Okay, close your eyes and breathe really deeply. A long, slow inhale. Hold it for a couple seconds. And then a long, slow exhale. 
do this a couple more times. I waited and then asked, has the feeling subsided? Yes, it's going away, she said. Steve had been watching this intently. I asked him, what came up for you, Steve, watching her go through this right now? I don't know. Kind of scared, I guess. Where in your body did you feel it? Uh, My gut, he answered. And then I think I got, like, defensive in my head. Defensive, I asked. It was like, here we go again. I can't say anything without her taking it wrong. I addressed them both. Interesting how you both just mentioned thinking or feeling, here we go again. Don't you think? Char said, yes, we did, didn't we? So I asked her, what do you make of that, Char? I think that shows how lightly we tread. You know, the eggshells. I replied, yes, the eggshells. Where neither of you have any idea what the other is thinking or feeling, so you guess and generally miss. Steve said, that's pretty much the way it's been. I turned to Char. What is it that you need and want in this relationship that will eliminate those eggshells for you? She replied, I want him to stop. I I cut her off. Wait, stop for a second. I don't want to know about him. I want to know what you need. So I need, she paused and then she said, I need to be listened to. No one has ever listened to me. And what feelings are you having right now as you say that, Char? Lost. Lonely. Confused. Like I'm not worth anything, she blurted, reaching for a tissue. Looking at Steve, I asked, what did you hear right now, Steve? He thought for a while, and then he said, she doesn't think anybody listens to her, and she feels alone. I would like both of you to turn to each other right now on the couch. Just turn to each other. Now, hold her hand, Steve. He looked at me funny. No, just do it. And both of you look directly into each other's eyes. Steve was not comfortable with this, but but he did it with a kind of a big sigh. Char, I want you to take a big breath and then tell Steve, from the depths of your heart, what it feels like when you think you're not listened to. What does it feel? She composed herself and said, I feel desperate. And so lonely. And I I wonder what is wrong with me. Why won't anyone hear me? I must be worthless. I have no input. And yet, I have so much to share, feelings and words, and no one is there to hear it. I asked Steve, please tell her, what you heard and felt, Steve. 
as she shared that with you. Please, look back at her eyes. He had averted them to me. I coached him a bit. Char, I heard you say... Char, I heard you say you were lonely and you feel worthless. I asked, okay, and what did you feel, Steve, as you were listening? He choked out, that must be terrible. I can't imagine. I sat back in my chair as they hugged. I'll take that. That's a win for today. He validated her feelings, and she was feeling felt. We had more to do in the session as it was Steve's turn to tell Char his needs and wants for the relationship, and we're going to get to that next time. Once we get to a place of them understanding the other's desires and wants, which is right where we are, right? We want to relate the lack of response to the needs and desires to the patterns of behavior coming from these individual illusions. And hopefully, with newfound empathy and understanding, help each other with their illusions, establishing new positive patterns of behavior. There you go. It's, it's so interesting, the difference between saying, I want you to, or I need you to, versus saying what I need, because... It's then going back to that true self. So whether mm -hmm. it whether Steve and Char end up together or Char finds somebody else, she's going to continue this pattern if she doesn't start figuring out what it is that she needs in her intimate relationships. Right. We have to know what the needs are. And we'll see next week Steve's really struggling with this because, I mean, he just – I just need everything. I just need her to be happy. Right. I hear that all the time. And that's Steve's answer, too. I need her to be happy. He's not responsible for her happiness. Right. 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 If, if she were just happy, everything would be great. That's, that's so He's, far away. Then she'd be off his back and he yeah, could yeah. continue doing what he does. And he could continue he being the same way he is. And then the next time he senses she's not happy, he figures out, what can I do, you know? or present, whatever, I don't know. Right, yeah, no, it's, yeah. that totally makes sense. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just such a fascinating thing to be able to really articulate what your specific needs are and tying them mm -hmm. to those things that you feel uh, you have wounds from. Yeah, and once you understand what they are, being able to, Communicate them effectively to your partner so that that person knows what they are and can understand them and can empathize and understand your feelings. It also creates then a space where, you know, so you've had this commitment mm -hmm. to, to try. If you both are able to articulate then what you need without putting it on the other person, it's like, okay, then we can once again, this is what I need, this is what you need. 
can you do that? Can you do that? Right. And I suspect she'll get there when we get there. Uh, but it's an interesting thing. I also thought it was worth mentioning that I was very impressed with Steve and that he talked about how he felt in his gut, scared, and then in his mind, defensive. Yeah, the and here there was, we go again thing. Yeah, and and I just thought it was to be able to, you know, feelings and emotions, people use those terms interchangeably, but the fact that he talked about his physical feeling and not just the emotional feeling. Right. So. And hopefully we can help him with that. Yeah. It's going to be, and 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 that was the point of what I was talking about too, with, with if one partner or the other has more trouble with their illusion, it's going to take them more, uh, more work. I don't know if I want to say that or more time or whatever. That's not the point, but mm-hmm. it's, it's the other partner. Can they wait? Can they be patient and realize that they've got their own thing to work on too, right? This is a crucial part. Yeah. Right there. Oh, this is it like is. we're getting into the muck. We are getting into the muck. All right. Well. Yeah. Once and again, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I've also got another couple I want to introduce here in, in a little while. That's oh, good. pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure when. I think we'll. Got to get through Steve next week and get them on the right path here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, if you, once again, if you want to know more about Greg and the the counseling work that he does, then you can go to KuiperCounseling.com. He is happy to connect with you. He has uh, webinars. He's got a blog. He's got past episodes of this podcast so you can learn more. Until next week, Greg, what do you want to tell him? Everyone, just stay aware out there. See you next week.